All right, this is great. And amazing if people could see what me and my friend are doing right now, just recording this podcast. It's amazing. I will break so many professional people and religious people by what we're doing right now. So we are sitting in my kitchen. I'm sitting on a bench in my kitchen. She's standing next to, what is that? My buffet? Typing because this is great. There's all this construction. A a makeshift standing desk. (laughs) And there's all this construction going on with my neighbor and it's so loud. And I know that God wanted me to do, release this podcast today. And I'm like, God, wait, wait, how can I do this? It's so distracting. It's so loud. It's going to end up on the podcast. It was like giving me anxiety, but I knew I had to do it. And so all the professional people out there that use your studio for podcasts, oh, the humble beginnings of Sarah Joy Bryant. (laughs) I was considering doing it in my bathroom. We even went in my bathroom and checked if we could sit there and make it quiet. Oh, then we're like, should we go to the car and make it great uh, the religious people they can't handle the way that yeah the professional side the fact I lack being professional probably breaks more freedom for people because I can still teach good so I'm teaching staring at my Nes- Nespresso machine <laughs> I'm teaching you a coffee maker right now <laughs> this is so stupid uh, and I'm like, okay, God, and I have to, it was for today because I got it, I got it today and I'm flipping topics on people because something's changing in the direction I'm going because clearly it doesn't stop. And this is not just the shift. So I've been telling people like, I know that the Holy Spirit has been producing more and more of a curriculum that I'm putting together for like a training center for in a few years. This is not tomorrow. The Holy Spirit's on building this and I already have like, well, five books and three and now, no, I have seven curriculums actually because I have stuff that wasn't developed that I did. And so this isn't even on top of that. So it's really going to come out and I know that's what the Holy Spirit's on, but it's coming out in a really fast way all of a sudden because I'm still sick and I'm still doing it. And um, so I felt this was on, I'm going to be doing gifts of the spirit in some way. And I don't fully understand it because I did a podcast on cleansing the prophetic. This is going to be a little bit different. And I think the purpose, why, because this is producing, first of all, curriculum that is going to be very long term. It's a big production of this is going further and further than just these podcasts right now. But to get this out, it has to be taught. It has to be spoken out. It has to get out of me in order to produce what it's going to produce. But um, I think I, I think it's because God wants me in the way that I'm going to teach it. Because if I'm supposed to have like a training center and teaching, helping leaders, and I don't want a big Bible school. I am not going to have one that's open to a bunch of people. What I'm doing right now is creating something that was going to be very personalized. I only would open up to probably 20 or 30 people. I would do from probably a year to not, I don't know exactly how it would be, but it'd be very small and it would be very personal for people and individual and get people delivered, set free if they want to be in leadership to have know what it is to have gifts that have carried no demonic spirits on it, Um, understanding the doctrine that you believe, why you believe it, getting different teachings, not just the charismatic teaching or mini theology, it needs to have more to it. And that's kind of my vision of it. And so I think with breaking down something like gifts of the spirit, I think where I'm coming from this is going to be because there's an overemphasis on gifts of the spirit and then there's an underemphasis 
on it in other doctrines and other denominations. And so because you have, and where my background is coming from both reformed, being reformed, raised reformed, my dad's reformed Baptist pastor, then, you know, then getting engulfed in the charismatic word of faith and then having more of a charismatic ministry, but yet I can reach reformed people because I still embrace some of that stuff. So I think that God wants me to have a very balanced way in order to cleanse these gifts from leaders coming in. Because I think what has gotten confused in the overemphasis of gifts of the spirit is that it's being taught as if everyone in the church should have them. That everyone should prophesy, everyone should speak in tongues, everyone should display powerful gifts, and that's not biblical, that's not in scripture, and I know the teaching that they believe everyone should speak in tongues, that's that's not in scripture. So I, I don't know where, I know that there's probably scripture they use on that, but if you go to the actual scripture teaching on it being a gift, not everyone has it. And um, not everyone is to prophesy, not everyone is to heal, not everyone is to teach, not everyone is to... Um, uh, be apostles and and so the, there's different scriptures on all of this. So you're going to hear First Corinthians chapter twelve. Of course, is a huge one. Uh, Romans chapter twelve is another one, and then Ephesians four. Those are going to be the main texts that deal with gifts. Now, people who just think the gifts are the only nine gifts of the spirit—that's not true. You have. In some scripture where you would see it as an office, like a prophet as an office, and then another scripture where it's a gift. And so because of how it's explained in all these scripture, not one of them say everyone should have it. Not one of them. And so I think that when we have conferences and we have teachings that are all focused on words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and the and the prophetic, and you're we're teaching an entire opening up a conference like that that's the focus I don't I feel that's not right and here's why <laughs> because what we're feeding into is to the lust in the hearts of people who want something to display power and if we open up that type of teaching to anyone to attend and come in when it says that the Holy Spirit gives the person the gift the Holy Spirit gives it to them then they are to operate in it what we do is we have people teaching it to people and then people wanting to have it and then you have them testing it on each other so you're gonna have in some of these they make it applicable so they're gonna tell you now prophesy to the person next to you I get the heart behind it I get the heart behind it but it needs to be more specialized it needs to be in a more of a training type of thing you need to know that that's a gift for that person so it needs to have already shown on that person that god has anointed that person with that and then i believe then at that point you train into it i don't think we should have such open teachings and this is i just think that um, i'm allowed to have an opinion because um god has um spoken to me so much on these things and I have so much like experience of walking through what it looks like to desire gifts watching people get demons on them because they wanted the gift and the way that we're doing it and so if someone is like a new believer and all of a sudden are operating in a strong gift unless it's a random sovereign act and here's what I mean by that you have in scripture where a new believer will prophesy you have that in scripture but here's what I would say. When it comes to it being an active ministry on that person, then there needs to have been other fulfillment of the word of God in that person's life to align and care for that gift in um, truth. Because otherwise, 
if we look at somebody who does randomly prophesy, you give them a platform, you give them something based on the display of a gift. What you're going to do is open them up to the spirit realm. If all the other areas, their doctrine isn't covered, their morale, their character, the way that they live, their, their, if that is not all in place, then for we us to allow people to just operate in these gifts as the church is irresponsible. It's irresponsible that we let people just do it in practice on someone uh, like in like in any setting and I was in settings that that was going on like crazy and the Holy Spirit was was all over it because God does move and is faithful to his word he's faithful but what we need is leaders who are discerning if they do allow that in their meetings we need to be discerning on a hundred percent like who the people are that are doing it who you've opened up to for this are is there leadership um qualities that has been clearly obvious from the holy spirit because i've seen too many stinking people try to get power and be in leadership based on a prophetic gift that was a demonic gift and did it accurately to people and then they were given a position based on that and not i mean just the guy i referred to that i had to call out who this guy had started a home church this is the guy who was full-blown witch, witchcraft and was prophesying to younger guys because of a homosexual past that i encountered did ministry with him and seeing him having had a home church at one point at being in leadership um and so then we qualify him we qualify him because of past leadership. I mean, if we don't pay attention to characters of people and we just look at giftings and we just go, oh, this looks like so anointed, yet nobody checked what was going on behind the scenes in this man's life, like what was being hidden. And we need more leaders that are going to be more discerning to that and paying attention to that. Not the emphasis of the power, not the emphasis of the gifts of the spirit, not caring so much of the display needing to see a display for them to be anointed to do anything why oh my gosh i don't need a display of gifts for me to put you in like uh, not at all man i'm looking at your character i'm looking at your heart i'm looking at the fact you don't become a weirdo around me i'm looking at um your what what's your triggers what's your strongholds i am not giving a crap about your gifts i am not going to be like oh that's the only reason i would in any way place you into no that's that's an element of knowing the avenue in which you're placed that's an element of me going okay this position because a true prophet in the new testament and is going to be in in quite leadership big time leadership and they're not going to just be someone who gets a random prophetic word to somebody who does that and then gets called oh you're a prophet now oh you carry the gift of prophecy no god is sovereign he can randomly move on that. But if we want to put the name prophet with somebody, first of all, if anyone ever did that to me, I would poop my pants and I would be like, oh, please don't. Do not put all of that on me. I do not want all of that on me. I honestly don't understand when people are called prophet so-and-so. That's you that floats your boat and uh, you think that that's okay and biblical because the New Testament did it. Um, did the New Testament say prophet Timothy? Or did he call him Timothy and he was also a pastor? <sighs> Why we got to put such a label and to identify what your gift is makes me question what your gift is. Why do you need to be identified by your gift? If I ever get called Prophet Sarah, Prophetess Sarah, I'm, even though I do it as jokes, like, but oh my gosh, I would be so freaked out. The only thing people are allowed to call me is Demon Slayer Sarah. That's the only one. And Ghostbuster, Sarah, you can call me a Ghostbuster. 
You can call me a demon slayer. I have found in people's phones, I have three people that I saw my contact and they called me something like demon slayer or deliverance Sarah or a demon something. And that was my name and their contact. I was on one girl's cell phone one time and I had just texted her something and then she handed me her phone to look at something. I think we we're ordering food. My text came through and it said demon slayer. And I didn't know that's what she had me in her phone Prophet Sarah, do not do not call me apostle. No, I mean we can address a calling on people, but to need a title like that, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? Because in in the way it looks to me is that you're putting a place and a face above God's face because you need to be identified to having some voice. Ugh. That was not my anger. Ugh. That was not my anger. Some of this stuff I call out is like so crazy because it's not that I sit back and judge and question. I have just had so many experiences that when I see it, I find it odd. That's my personality because I've attended so many things, received from a ton of these teachers that call themselves by name and they're, they're introduced apostle this and prophet this and, and they're labeled on their things that way. And I've attended tons of it. I got so much from it. I think my personality was always felt I'm just too young to understand this. Like, maybe I don't understand this is how ministry works. Or maybe God needed someone in my position to see it and stand up and say, wait, this doesn't make sense to me. And all these younger people are following into this and saying, this is what we do. I mean, there were kids, got people at my Bible school that made business cards called apostle so-and-so. And they teach, taught this in Bible schools. Don't do that. Don't be weirdos. They at least said that. They weren't doing that like that. They would say, you guys don't make your business card and call yourself prophet this, apostle this, blah, 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 because this is what people do. You'll find their Instagram handle is prophet so-and-so. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. I am just like, if people don't hear this and go, oh, wow, I never thought of it like that. Just think about people. Like more, I just want you to question things. Be, and not in judgment that you're better. I'm not judging that I'm better. I am judging the word of God in how someone displays it. That's what I'm judging and I'm questioning. And I'm saying, I don't know where that's in script. I don't know why we need to do that. And so I want people who you hear from me that you hear that like, hey, maybe now I can see that that's a little odd. Doesn't mean that I'm not open to their ministry. Maybe I just see that people are fallible and we need to stop going to them over God. Just plain. Plain, 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 plain is that. Because if we treat that everyone needs to display gifts in a powerful way, we aren't teaching scripture. We are not teaching scripture. The display of gifts are like for, for the entire body of Christ. And here's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Romans 12 with this. Um, look, all the noise is going how stupid. We're still sitting in my kitchen and all the construction has stopped, people. If I had just been chilled out about it and stayed on my couch and now it's too late so I've set myself up in the kitchen so I'm just going to do it. Uh, all right. Romans 12, nine, uh, 6. 
In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, is this a one? Sorry, people. Um, no, no, no. I'm so, I want to be in Ephesians 4. That's what I want to be in first. Let me double check. <laughs> Here's the preparation of my life. Hold on. Um, yes, yes, yes. Ephesians 4, 11. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Actually, that's an added um, sentence, just so people know. Like, King James does not call it a gift in this. So, this, the NLT added that line. It should start the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility to is equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of God. Then we will no longer be immature children we'll be, who won't, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. The purified gifts of the Holy Spirit are to give defining moments of truth in people's lives. It's to keep immaturity from people in the growth of what it is to walk in the fullness of Christ. It is to discern truth. It is to discern doctrine and it is to unite. It is to unite. And what we have is the gifts displayed causing jealousy, causing little hamsters chasing it because they think if someone is prophetic, they're more powerful than someone who is behind the scenes and is used by God in a different way who may have such insane, insane, insane intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Yet their calling is not to display a strong gift. Ugh. And if people understood that, that intimacy with God is not just a result of a strong gift. You have so many stupid people with no intimacy of God resulting in, or, in, in displaying gifts, but the true purified heart intention towards the gifts of God means that you find no value in what you display when it comes to the anointing. Because that's why you have so many immature people fighting over stuff right now. You have young people just hamstering the hamster wheels trying to be what older people have made ministry look or have gotten from it and have um, produced in their life. And they're, and they're trying so hard and they're doing all this and doing all that. And then we're judging because they have this prophetic gift and what appears we're going to put them in this position. And it's lacking so much freaking wisdom. It's lacking so much understanding to the, the truth of these scriptures because in this scripture, these gifts are to keep people from being an heir. <laughs> And yet what we've had is we're having more division in, in church over it. You're having where this denomination isn't allowing something because this denomination's displaying gifts and they're against it. So you have more division taking place. You have, you have the fighting going on in ministries based on gifts and intimidation and how people are getting with it. You have the fact that everyone thinks that if they don't have prophetic that they're not good enough or if they don't have the gift of healing, they're not good enough. That is such a load of crap, people. Like, it doesn't make you... The gifts are used for a very specific, a very specific, these outward strong gifts. And if you look in all the scriptures, it's not just the nine gifts of the spirit. You have different ones talked about in Romans 12. Like you have other things about encouragement. You have a helps ministry. Like you literally have where it's not just this, this big thing on healing, on prophecy, on tongues, on this, on that. And we, that's what we've done. And we're taking this, this one thing, making such an emphasis, then, then the fullness of what it's to produce, because um, 
Okay. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Seriously. Seriously. When people purify gifts, that's what it's going to do for you. It's going to do that for you. When I started getting more giftings, like in prayer or like for deliverance, I didn't have like any intimacy with God. I was in always in kind of PTSD, you know, running from stuff. And I started seeing them released when I lived in Tulsa. And that's that we have to know. But intimacy with God, like gifts don't just come from that. Like sometimes God does it in order to prod you and pull you to believe that he is this big. And I didn't chase gifts. I didn't want it. I didn't try to have it. I didn't think I was good enough for it. There was such an emphasis on people at my Bible school that it weirded me out. I thought they were weird. I thought they only focused on someone who was anointed and that person was going to be this and that. And they talked the way they talked about fame and being on stage. I thought was so just weird. I just thought people were weirdos. So it's like, this is ministry. I never want to be in ministry. I was so turned off by ministry. I was first turned off because it looked like the devil attacked my entire family because my dad was a pastor. That's what I used to believe. And I was turned off by the weirdos in my Bible school. And I thought they were just weird. And I'm like, I do not want to be involved with these people if this is what it is being, being in ministry. And here's the problem. You have people looking at that and wanting it. And then you shouldn't be in ministry then. You shouldn't be in ministry. If you look at what somebody carries and you sit there and go, oh, man. Oh, God, I wish, or you get jealous, or it makes you insecure. Do not put your toe in ministry. Do not put your toe in leadership at that moment. Do not do it, because you're going to do it out of insecurity. You're going to do it out of lack of value. You're going to do it out of not knowing your identity in Christ, and just don't do it. Um, sit back a little longer, minister to God longer, and then find out what exactly does he want you to do. Because I never wanted a public ministry. I never wanted to be on stage. never wanted to be a public speaker. And sometimes you're going to find out that God's desires um, for you could be things in your heart you didn't know you desired until he, his will is so placed deep in your heart through intimacy that you do it out of obedience. Because I'm scared if you've been desiring those things for years, why you desire it. Why? What has gotten you to need to want to be in, in front of people? What, what makes you want the gifts of prophecy? What makes you desire a gift that someone displays? That's what I would all question everyone. And here's a crazy Thing. I God this past year has given me just the most craziest dreams because of everything and he this is another magical moment dream God when I was in the middle of no I wasn't even writing I wasn't even writing the book I had a crazy dream about witchcraft in that book where God explained something about that spirit but I had a dream that I was at a Bible school sitting in the back row and the teacher at the Bible school had been a previous student of Charismatic Bible School, and they were teaching the students what happens if they are um, listening to a doctrine or teaching and their heart desires it and not in a pure way. And she said, the, the, it was a woman in the dream, and she would have been a student, and she's teaching these other students, and she said, so when you, when you sit there and you ask, or you hear a teacher emphasizing a gift of the spirit and you desire it out for yourself in the spirit, you can get imparted a demon. This is what's my dream, people. This is so crazy. And I was in the back row of the school and listening to her. And I go, oh, crap, really loud in the dream because it, it made perfect sense to me. In my dream, I was getting revelation of it because this is stuff I've seen. It's kind of what I've picked up in the spirit. This is why I think people get imparted. And then in the dream, so in the dream, I go, oh, crap, like that. And then 
she goes, she points to me and she goes, she calls me up to the front and she says, now, Sarah, come up here. You're going to deliver this whole room. <laughs> That's what happened in my dream. And then I go up to the front of the room of the Bible school and I put my hands out and I get them all delivered of their imparted demons that they got. That was what the dream was. And I woke up from that dream. I was like, oh, holy crap, that's going into a book. Or no, it's not. I didn't put it. All it was was I was like, oh, my gosh, God just blatantly showed me your Bible school has to flip this. You're, you're going to teach this. You're going to get this out of what ha- is happening right now in doctrine in the hearts of people hearing that. And people who just heard that, you're probably like, that's a pretty magical dream. That's like crazy. That's crazy revelation. Like, that is a, like that, that's what I'm telling you, people, about the, the voice of God. That was for people. That was not for Sarah getting the lust of her flesh. I was not getting a word from God that was feeding something in me. He was giving me revelation to fulfill his will. And that's what we need to see differently when we look at these gifts, when we want visions, when we want this, when we want that. Like, what is it fulfilling for you? Because if it's not fulfilling the will of God first, and it's not eating your heart, and it's not feeding your lust, and it's not getting you compromised under your desires, then, then, then we... We know we're on the the right road. Okay. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. This is what people don't get. If we all don't take the right part, if we all try to be everything, and we all try to do, you understand we are made, the church has gone off kilter. It's gone off kilter. Doctrine, theology, it's gone off kilter. There's no unity in any of this. You don't have, like, it's so crazy if you deal with someone's, like, denomination, like what I was raised in, how much, it, like, it, they, they call it heresy, and they divide, and they throw you out in front of everybody, and they're going to publicly call you out, and just because of a, a, a you know, and because there's gifts or, you know, displayed over there. And then you got the other side that are not being completely wise, that not everyone should just be offered these gifts. Not everyone should be expected. Not everyone who goes in Bible school should be expected to flow in these gifts. They all shouldn't have to speak in tongues. They all shouldn't have to prophesy. We all shouldn't try to practice it on each other. We let the spirit of God impart it. And through the word of God, then the truth of God comes through that gifting. All right. Number 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Okay, did I, I already say that? Okay. Um. I keep losing my, I think I got confused with all my um, 20 million scriptures because I'm trying to get the hand and feet one. Oh, that's in, um, that's in 1 Corinthians 12. What's interesting is he makes an emphasis on both of these when he's talking about the gifts that, that God gives. He and the, and the offices he gives, he's making such a point on that it's different parts of the body. To bring unity to it. And we are having it just so focused that everybody needs to do it. So 1 Corinthians 12, I'm just going to bring out how he then calls it the body. I'm not going to go over um, the gifts in this. I'm actually going to skip down to 14 because he already, he talks about, he talks about um, the gifts. And then he goes, and that's the reason I'm skipping over it, because there's too much of an emphasis on the gifts. God wants me to emphasize something else in this. Um, we don't need to keep talking about all of it all the time. Let, let's talk about what it's to produce. So 
1 Corinthians 12, 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less of the part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I can't, I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how could we hear? This is what we have right now. We have deafness in the church because everybody in this doctrine over here is trying to all be the eye. They're all trying to be the head. They're all trying to want a gift display to make them look powerful. They're all trying to have this magical thing, people falling out in the spirit, all this stuff over here to, to make it look. Now, understand when I say this, I don't, I'm not bashing all the charismatic, not at all people. I'm teaching you how to discern the ones that are not doing it in purity. You will walk out. You'll be able to go into situations and you're going to be able, hey, I can attend. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you not to go to church. I'm not trying to get you not to attend things. I'm trying to get you to look at it with a purified eye to make sure that you're getting the greatest display of God through that person that leads you back to God and not that person. And that's what you need to pay attention to. Um, number 18, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. So many people aren't finding their right part because you're a hand and you feel like that hand makes you a butt cheek. <laughs> Because a butt cheek to you isn't that great. <laughs> and that's people's deception on what God does and why he does it. Who are we to judge the hand of, like, the potter's hand and how he molds the clay? We cannot judge how he chooses each person and the position they're to be in. But how do you know you're in the right position? You ain't jealous of other people's positions. That's how you know. Bam. You're not insecure of someone else's position. That's how you know that you're doing the right thing. Because if you're insecure of someone else's position, you better get your butt out of the position you're in. Because you ain't trustworthy. You are not trustworthy. That's why God doesn't let any jealous weirdos around me. Because they're not trustworthy. That's stupid agendas. Um, be okay to be a hand. You're not a butt cheek. It's okay to be the hand. It's okay because there might be a reason you are the hand because maybe you're being protected. Maybe that's God's protection on you to take you where he wants you to go. Do you understand what comes with the reality of having a public type calling of what you're accountable for, of the opposition that's going to be on you? And, and then you have people who got so much favor from it because that's off and that's weird like Carl Lentz is so his watered down teachings of being accepted everywhere because he had a gift what how did we put communication style a gift from God oh the gift is called teaching in scripture but I promise you what Paul's referring to is a very anointed type teaching yeah a teaching that cuts severs exposes darkness and truth and it's not just a style of smooth words. It's not. Because Paul even says and calls himself not being a good teacher. And that he says something about the super apostles. That's in, I think, maybe in Corinthians. And he's addressing them for being more like, people think they're more smooth. His, because his stuff cut people. His crap was cutting. It was cutting through through the darkness. It was cutting through the theology, the, the flips on stuff. And... Um, I'm so tired of just communication style. If you're, if that's just what you're really good at, let's just then not go, okay, this is like the Holy Spirit's gift to you. Let's just maybe say it's okay if you're just like, um, what's it called? Those self-help teachers. 
I'm just going to put you in that category. Sorry. Because if it's a gift, a gift from God, your teaching needs to have a stupid anointing on it that cuts hearts, cuts hearts. And anything else that's just the communication style is either probably because it's all doctrine and you have no revelation or because you put yourself in that position to get what you want. Like stupid Carl Lentz. Stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. Number 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. God. I honestly think that there's so many of these parts lacking in the church. And if we had a fulfillment of these parts and we stopped having so many people trying to be the face and the mouth and the eyes and this and that, that we would have such a more of a unified, unified thing in the church. We wouldn't have had a church that got infiltrated by Jezebel. Like we wouldn't have had these things because we would have all been in a unified place of the spirit of God. Um, 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. That is so good. There has to be parts in the body of Christ that are people that are not seen. There's more power that comes from that because the being seen carries so much opposition. It carries so much where the devil can infiltrate it. And if we don't have the stability of the people who are pure purity, who are not needing these things, we would have more positioning of care and people who are willing to meet with the one person and not just rub shoulders with the leaders. I am so over the leaders that only rub shoulders with other leaders. And you think you're so special that you only will hang out with leaders that are well known, take pictures, put it on your Instagram, do all this and look who I'm rubbing shoulders with. How about you go rub shoulders with the tax collector and the prostitute and take that picture and put it on Instagram, not trying to say you're so cool. And then, you know, and actually just be like, this is my best friend. She's a hooker. But I'm cool with her. Yeah, I had a glass of wine with her. I sat down with her and I gave her some clothes. And uh, why? Do, what about like that being your friend? Like, why is it that leaders only talk to leaders and only like is make themselves? And you people don't know that that's. Oh, just wait until you're in leadership and you'll learn it. You learn it when you get in the circle, people. When you get in the circle of a public ministry and you start meeting other people in public ministry, start seeing what's really behind the scenes, and then you're going to go, you can listen to me. You can listen to what I'm saying. Um, I have enough experience with this. I was raised in a pastor's home. I've been to Bible school. I've been in, I've had a ministry for six years. I've helped in other ministries. I was in youth ministry. I was in children's ministry. I assisted a pastor's wife in Tulsa. I have a lot, I've, I've seen this for, for a bit. And uh, it seems that there's a lot of similarities unless... There's such a purified thing on it. Now, my pastors in Tulsa were like the most, some of the most pure pastors I've like ever met. And they, my pastors, like how they would just meet with anybody was, she's amazing. Mary Freeman, I freaking love this woman. She is the one who literally brought me out of everything. People just had no interest in me. They thought I was mean. You know, I, people just stayed away from me. And this woman pulled me out. I mean, wanted to meet with me, then starts asking me, will you share your test? I mean, she took this crazy crackhead of a girl showing up to her church. And you have so many pastors that won't even acknowledge people like that. I have gone into churches and not been acknowledged when I was the one that got slammed and he, the pastor slammed me in front of everyone. Love the fact that I manifested. This just happened a few months ago. And he was a red flag to me by the fact he did this. And he is a small church. He was very easy to talk to me and acknowledge me as a person. Never greeted me. Never acknowledged me. Wanted to see a power hit on me. Buddy, you are too young to have a church. You're too young. 
you're you're too young if that's what you do because I the, the older ones that, that were the pastors in Oakland, the way that they treated me was so ridiculous. I mean, from where I came from, and they would let me come over to the house, have dinner with them, the pastors, and they had a way bigger church than this guy had. And they were reaching out to Mary Magdalene the prostitute because their hearts were pure. And we don't see that enough. We don't see, do you, I, I, like tell me people, have you ever gone into something where it's small enough to you can be greeted and acknowledged? Do you ever know if you don't get acknowledged, if someone else does that is in leadership or they might know, rub shoulders with? Have, do people pay attention to that? Because I'll tell you something. When it came to my events, I did not care who showed up. I greeted you and I acknowledged you always. And, and honestly, for me, that's more, I'm not a social butterfly. And it, events were hard for me for my personality to go out of my way to do stuff that I normally don't do. And so I just trained myself. These people were showing up to hear me. No matter how many are here, I'm going to acknowledge them, greet them by name, because there'd be people I didn't know. And I could get up to, I mean, my events weren't huge, but I could get up to 40, 45 sometimes. And that's for one female, and I'm the one doing the teaching, like to be able to not just act like I'm this, this, and this with people, I would acknowledge all of them. And I'd sit up and wait on the stage when I'm done and talk to people. And I understand when it's a huge event you can't be bombarded i get that like i wouldn't do it at a huge thing i'd want to be escorted out honestly because anointing hits me so hard i it would not be okay for me and that's me and that's okay to protect yourself as leaders like that it just needs to be a heart intention that you're still willing to not think that you being known or on stage or something makes it that you don't meet the prostitute 101 and that's where I'm like this, and this is the reality of scripture. This is the issues the Pharisees had with Jesus is because he was sitting and eating with tax collectors. He was meeting with and ministering to the prostitute and, and the people that were, were to the Pharisees. They were like, we don't eat with these people. We don't we, This is what we have leadership doing. This is what we have where, where we're putting all this emphasis on this over here and um, who we who we're willing. And this is how you just discern your leadership, people. I'm just going to get people to be in a place where you're going to go. Um, well, hopefully it doesn't make you run run for the hills because some people told me they're like, I have a really hard time now seeing stuff in church because now you, uh, my eyes are open to stuff and I, and I, and I got to say, well, that's God, you know, that's God because I'm teaching truth and I know I'm teaching truth. And so if that's making you question things, then I'm, that's, that's from God. And it's not to get us where we turn away and we don't ever have leadership. We don't attend things. That's, that's not it at all. It's just that if the emphasis is not on the word of God, your friendship and intimacy with God, and then these leaders to to lead you into truth, but never let them lead you as a God. Never let them be above God. Never pay attention to what they do to where if they failed, you are now mad at God because their failure is does not display God. And we have too many people who are doing that and are acting as if, oh, like, now I can't go, what, did did Carl Lentz probably jacked up so many new believers? Are you kidding me? Oh, he jacked up so many new believers, that guy, because everybody made him a god. And they're like, if this guy fell, then there isn't really a true, a true god. I mean, that man, sir, you're stupid accountable for that misleading and then defaming God that way. Um, I can't stop on it. Okay. Now, number 25, that makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. <sighs> exactly. We need to be caring for each other. We need to be supporting each other in the roles that they have. 
and each one person have we need to root people on we need to we need to root on that what they're doing for god we need to we need to not get jealous of what they're doing but we can discern what they're doing that's allowed to be discerning to discern and if stuff's got to get called out call it out now i'm going to give an interesting story of a sign you can find this this will discern prophetic stuff um here's something that i have seen with the display of prophecy in people who it was, and I've given a lot of these examples, um, but probably not to the detail. I'm going to give this one. Um, I've seen a lot of people do this and they'll be in a meeting and they're not like the head, head leader. And even if they're the head leader, I still kind of question this a little bit if they did it like this, but it's, it's a, it's a lot different if you have people who are in ministry type settings and especially in the charismatic group where it's very normal for people to um everyone trying to display gifts at things and you know this person praying for this and this person what i have seen is if someone gets up and does it something very loudly like prophesy and do individual prophecies very loudly for the room to watch as a display that's a spirit it's a demon doing it um and because that intention is not for the room it's for themselves by the way that they did it now i've seen it done multiple times and i I remember one specific time this kid shows up he's in his early 20s to one of the now this is not an event i was hosting because this would have never happened i don't i would not let people get up and do stuff like this if i was overseeing an event but this would was a meeting on Monday nights that I would sometimes lead, um, but it was another friends, but I would take over at times, like they would they would need me to take over the whole thing, or I was helping them, whatever it was. This specific week that this guy showed up, I don't think I was, I think I wasn't, I think it was other people leading, I can't really remember. And the guy did not know who, so he had no idea who I was. And I don't come across like I'm in leadership if I'm not. Like if I am not the one in authority over that thing, I 100% sit back. I don't jump into ministry. I don't do anything. I, I chill. Like, I, I like my breaks. I don't need to do ministry all the time. I don't really care. So this kid comes in. And at some point, he stands up. So he's never been to the meeting before. So that's another red flag. You've never been. You don't have any type of establishing character of of operating in a gift like this in a group you've never been in. And he stands up. He's in his early 20s. He stands up. And he goes, I've got a word for everyone in this room. I was picking something up in, in worship. And he stood there and he pointed round the room. He goes, to so this person, blah, 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 blah. He did it very fast. He didn't let anyone respond. And he, and he did it very much a show, very much a spectacle. And then he gets to me and he points at me and he goes, and for you, I hear the word forgiveness. And when he said it, I actually didn't. I agreed with him because I was mad. <laughs> That's when I was going through a lot of crazy stuff and feeling so offended by people and what they had done that I've shared before. And it took me so long to get through that offense. So to me, I didn't I didn't realize at this time this was a, a spirit on this guy. I did it because, well, first of all, I think it probably, and I put this together later of how that was a demon also trying to shame me in front of other people. Because I'm the one leading everybody and they look at me a certain way and then he says, your issue is forgiveness. And the funny thing is that doesn't shame me because I'm so honest. 
that the demon, like, you didn't shame me. That I could care less that she said I needed. I was honestly like, yep, you're right. I've been pissed at some people for quite a while. Like, that's not an issue for me to admit. So it didn't shame me, but I put it together later what the demon's trying to do. And I didn't realize it was a spirit. I just thought the kid was accurate. But these were the things that would happen to where then I would put things together later because then... I hear a story later about this guy, and he did something really weird to his friend, and the way his friend explained, and I was like, yeah, that's the spirit of witchcraft, and then I start like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what he did, and why he was such a spectacle, and here's a funny thing this kid said about me, like, this kid had no, like, this is funny what he said, he said, like, warned this, this, this is why people that carry these demons always say, do weird crap to me, and I never even had, I was totally nice to him, I didn't. I didn't have a big conversation with him. I didn't, it wasn't anything like that. I might have just said hi, but I can tend to come across really quiet. People don't realize like that. I just, you would misjudge me in the, in, in the room because I don't, I don't take any role for what I could normally do. And so he said to the friend later was something about the girl with black hair that looks like she should be covered in tattoos. <laughs> like a total crazy chick and I it kind of hit me funny because I was like oh you think I look like that now like you should have seen me when I was a teenager <laughs> I'm like the fact you think I look like that now is like that's funny I was like would you like to see my photo album when I had a black pixie cut you know I, ha- I have a freaking uh, a pinup girl a naked pinup girl on my back that I got removed okay <laughs> like <laughs> I am not what I used to be and I think it's hilarious that you think and so that even hit me funnier it exposed the guy more to me exposed the guy more to me that he discerned me as like this evil weird chick covered in te- I mean that's demonic that's that was a demon like making him think when I'm not when I'm nowhere near that intimidation I used to have like I am not I'm nice like I just so to me I'm like oh here here's how we these things get exposed on people because if people just want to focus on the fact that he gave an accurate word, yet it was demonic, God was not needing some kid coming into this event and publicly telling me I'm not forgiven, people. And what's crazy is I didn't even think that. I took that word and probably went home and did 20 million forgiveness prayers. I know me. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then to put it in perspective later, why on earth God would use that kid to tell me something that me and him were always dealing with face to face. This kid wasn't getting used to give me a prophetic word. Are you freaking kidding me? And yet it was an accurate word. Demon just knew I was annoyed at some people working through some offense. And gave it like if people knew the reality of this stuff. And this is what I tell you. I say I can, I've learned to discern by what they say to me. It doesn't mean that it's not accurate. I've learned to watch what it's to produce, the display of what they appear. What are they trying to do? I mean, that guy just thought he was just the the the, the show of the room, showing up to something he's never been to, being a, being some kid and getting up and doing that like he had some authority, like he's tripping. And now, honestly, if I had been in charge of that, that wouldn't have happened. I didn't when I was leading their nights. I did not give the floor to people like that. I very much navigate the room. I'm watching what, what's like taking place like that, and I wouldn't that would not have happened. And I already know I come across so aggressive, he wouldn't have done it to me if I was the one leading the night. He would not. Just because of how I know my personality comes across when I'm like overseeing something like that. So in that situation, what it was so this is where we gotta learn people gotta pay attention to what does something sound is accurate? What does it what is it 
um, doing. And do you just want to hear something so badly from God? You don't care who it comes from. You know what I mean? Because you think you can't hear from God. And we have so many people doing that. I feel like I was going to go into something really interesting with, um, you know, I don't feel it anymore, but I was, I was thinking about this when it comes to, um, denominations and like the doctrines with, um, this stuff and the overemphasis. Yeah. So here's what, what I'm going to touch. So this is not just, this is, this is di discernment towards gifts and doctrine is, is what I feel like this is. Cause now I'm going to go into, so reformed. So people know my dad's a reformed Baptist pastor. Um, and I was raised with reformed theology and, and you know, it's so good. And I think like interesting that to to that we should want to understand all this stuff like the reason that paul could teach and reach so many different people was because he was trained under a very well-known rabbi and was brilliant in the law and the torah and understanding this thing and you have to think to a man that was that indoctrinated how did he flip his whole message the way that he did except that it came from an incredible, powerful moment where Jesus met him, met him face to face. And I think that when it comes to what we believe strongly and just really believe is our doctrine or understanding people with the background of Catholicism, people with the background of just word of faith or charismatic teaching have no understanding to the other doctrines, what happens is, well, first of all, lack of wisdom is gonna happen. Um, you won't be able to reach people the way you'd like to reach because you need to understand more of that stuff. But what is going to also help break that stuff is an insane encounter for the people who are insanely indoctrinated. And that's what happened for me. Like, I was insanely indoctrinated with sovereignty of God, reformed theology, and my story turned everything upside down. I got the gift of tongues when I had no idea what it was, and I was in Reformed Baptist Pastor's house, and I got something that I didn't know what it was. And I was confused by it. And I mean, that's just the way God did things for me. He took me in a place where I was so indoctrinated and stuff that he had to come in with the, the, the power to cut that off. And so sometimes to just put such an emphasis on the power side, that's where people get so off because it's not cutting something from them. They're chasing it. It needs to cut something off of you. And like, so, so his encounter flipped his whole message but his background and understanding as being a pharisee is what made and carried bulk in what he does and so if we just take scripture for scripture within the doctrine because here here's an interesting an interesting thing um remember when i talked about galatians and i talked a lot about that what one of the big things he was dealing with in 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 the the book of galatians was that they we're trying to um, circumcise the Gentiles to make them be more like approved. And they were adding the law. And then he's nailing it that they are not to do that. He calls them false teachers and all of that. Here's what's interesting. Paul circumcised Timothy to get to make Timothy not that that it wouldn't be a blocking for the Jewish people to receive Timothy's teaching. That's what's so crazy. And if just just look at this, because if we don't 
understand that we can take one thing in scripture and be like, oh, box it into this level and not see the fullness and like the heart of God that you have, that Paul did something that in one text he's, he's smacking around. Yet he's doing it in a place of wisdom to get the, to get God's word further because you have him also, he took a Nazarite vow somewhere in like Acts and Nazarite vow is like, it's going to be a big Jewish, Jewish um, tradition and it's something that would have been under the law and he shaved his head afterwards. And one of the things that Nazarites did is um, they didn't cut their hair. So I guess maybe it was the end of the vow. Like he, he was to, he should, and you have him where, because he says, I think it's first Corinthians nine, you know, I'll be a Jew to the Jews. I'll, I'll, I'll be this to this. And, and what we have people doing is Carl Lentz going, I'm gonna go on Oprah and take that text. <laughs> Bam! I'm going to 1 Corinthians 9 to nail something. And you have people taking this so dang out of context because Okay, 1 Corinthians 9, 22. When I am with those who are weak, I shared in their weak. No, okay, hold on. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God, obey the law of Christ. Um, sorry, I'm hopping up again to 20. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under law. So you have where he is literally saying, I'm doing the opposite of what some of my books are teaching. It's wisdom. It's wisdom in navigating the true word of God. And so you have somebody like Carl Lentz who's gotten in secular things, who's gotten to be interviewed on the news, who's gotten to say, I am being a Jew to the Jew. I am being a non-believer to the non-believer. Um, it doesn't say I'm being a sinner to the sinner. It doesn't say I'm being a drunk with a drunk. It doesn't say I'm being a prostitute with a prostitute. I'm selling my body with this prostitute here. I mean, what the heck? Because that's what you did, Carl. You sold your body. You sold your dang body. You sold the word of God on GQ magazine. This is what you did and you took this scripture? Oh, you're full of crap. You're full of crap. Because in any other scripture, he's sitting there and I'm not saying Carl Lentz, I promise you that's what they would have done with it. If he had gotten confronted and people said, this is so off that you're doing this before he got exposed of having an affair, this is the stuff that they'll use. This is the scriptures that they'll use of why they should be in secular stuff is so accepted, so this and this, when everything was a purpose for Paul to reach people and you had people saying, oh, I'm reaching more people through Oprah. Really? Really? You, you witchcrafty weirdo? That's not what you were doing. That was not what you were doing. You know, you know the idea of Oprah. She's probably someone who looks at universalism of like a God, that God's in the grass. She's a super spiritual woman. It's all spirituality. And she is somebody who would be total, is totally, would be of the spirituality of a witchcrafty thing. And she invited you on her show. And you went and acted like that was from God. Did you say anything with truth to her? Because you should have made her cry. You should have called her out. should have called her out for some of her doctrine. What she believes. And maybe spoke some truth. And you want to say, oh, it's all love that I went on. How did you show love? How is that showing love to her? Because if you were to show love to her, you would have done it behind the scenes and not on her show. You wouldn't have needed to be public. I mean, we're so like, oh my gosh. I just feel like I would. everybody has no word to say back to me. There's nothing you can rebuttal. And I know I'm talking to an empty apartment and not a congregation, but a congregation would sit there and go, whoa, 
That's true. It makes some of them mad because their agenda is to be those people. Piss them off because they, they want it to be that. And they think I'm judgmental. <sighs> Give me a flipping break. You're not. You are not discerning enough. Discernment is also considered judgment. The purified judgment of God through the eyes of God is understanding what is dark and what is light and what is truth and what is not. So, um, yeah, you have that Paul sat there and circumcised Timothy to get him to, to make sure it wasn't a stumbling block for people who were listening to him. And then completely goes on the other side of it and gets go, gets crazy on this side. And now, okay, so now I'm not just going to knock charismatics. I'm now going to knock stuff with doctrine. Um, and how this, this other stuff gets now a way worse emphasis, like with Timothy and the elders, what the church um, government is to look like, and how you have these people that are all this structure, structure, structure. They're not open to anything else because they're structured by the word of God, structured by, by the doctrine. And so when my... Um, my dad was a Reformed Baptist pastor. He was, he was connected to all the Reformed. I mean, they're very much sticking their little sect, okay? With, if anyone's outside their doctrine, they're not open to it. And he had all these Reformed Baptist friends. After my mom died and he married my stepmom, he started, we started attending a faith Orthodox Presbyterian church. And here's what's so stupid about it, how crazy this is. The only real difference between Reformed Baptist and faith an Orthodox Presbyterian, because Orthodox means it's much more stricter, okay? That's why it would be called Orthodox, not just Presbyterians, Orthodox. And it's not just Baptist, it's Reformed, okay? If that gives any idea of how it is. That Presbyterian, um, the Orthodox Presbyterian are open to baptizing babies and they sprinkle. And they don't make such an, you know, huge deal of water immersion new believers. And they do it. I mean, they... I know the pastor of this church had baptized my brother and dunked him um, and when we had gone there, but they are open to, and in Reformed Baptists, they're, they're such a, I mean, their name of it is Baptist. Like, there's such a huge emphasis on water immersion of a believer and to, to a flaw because you're making that big a deal on something like that. Talk about being like cultish and weird. I'm sorry. Like, it's so freaking weird. So. So when my dad and we start attending that church, he stopped being asked to preach at a local Reformed Baptist church. And over him attending an Orthodox Presbyterian church, he wasn't allowed. And here's the crazy thing about this, this, this church. And they're not like, a. I don't care to say their name. None of these people would ever listen to me. I'm a, I'm a heretic in, in, this, in this circle. But um, it was called Trinity, Trinity reform it's still around I mean I still have um friends I grew up with that that attend it it's such a I don't care to it's just I don't care that I'm it's a creepy freaking church they're not like a normal reformed baptist church they're overboard and they're weird and I'm gonna tell a story of so we used to like attend it my dad was allowed to preach there and after my dad get we started at orthodox Presbyterian. he never gets invited back and my dad was even telling me this that their rules at this church because I was talking to him and he, he was asking my opinion about a, some situation and um I was referencing that men that I think get it get attracted to his denomination can um, tend to have a controlling abuse side to them and I was explaining him like that can come out because they like the structure they like the control of the el like the elder the elders control the submission of the women that women aren't allowed to speak publicly and I said and I just think it attracts some 
some of that. And he and he was like, well, it's not um, the Reformed theology that does it. He he said it's the the eldership and the way that those things are taught and the overboard control of it that does that. Because he agrees he agrees with me with that because we've seen like where the husband controls the wife under doctrine that the women. I've seen it so bad. I saw my girlfriend taken in by the guy she married, and I grew up with them, and I saw how she had no voice anymore, and everything was his decision. He was going to move her states, make her move to another state that she didn't want to, but she had to submit to everything he wanted. I mean, it takes scripture so jacked up. And so you could totally get a controlling man who would like eat it up. Eat it up. It's like eating up the, the Muslims and what they get in their in their power theology. You have the same things people are doing this in scripture. And um, so he, we're, he was telling me the story of like that that church if you miss one Sunday, you're going to get a call from all the elders. If you're a church member, you have to get interviewed into becoming like a church member. You miss one Sunday, you're going to get called. If you miss more than three or four, I don't know what there it might be in a year, you will get um, discommunicated as a church member. <laughs> that freaking crazy. Isn't that crazy? And he told he was telling me one time that he showed up to the church, and one of his one of these guys in the church goes, "What are you doing here?" Like, my dad couldn't even, like, attend it probably because of getting into or in Orthodox. So, so then this is crazy how this keeps going. So this, so the church my dad now pastors was a break off of this church I'm referring to. And here's what's so crazy. And it just shows, like, the legalistic, how bad it got. They, the elder, there was an elder, and I grew up with this elder. He, he's died of cancer now. He's a kind, kind man. And that's like my whole thing when it comes to this. I don't think everybody who's under this doctrine is to this, this level of weird. It's just, this is what they believe. But I've met so many of like my elders or the men that our families were affiliated with that were such kind men. And like the elders and the guys that, the elder that attacked me that I referred to from my dad's church, he, he's got such a spirit of control and religion on him. And the other one that's my landlord of my apartment, he's so nice and so kind and he doesn't he's not just using that power control through you know so i see this in so many different ways that's why i'm not so judgmental but but the power display that this church tried to do this elder who's now passed away had a daughter get pregnant out of wedlock and um and and you know why this is going to be good for 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 people who've been under strong doctrine and the power of leadership that use scripture on you and that people who even do it to you now to understand that this stuff is off this has gone. This has gone too far. We've gone too far on this side. We're going too far on this side. And to me, it's just it's super gross. Like I think this church is a freaking weird church. I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, that's a cult. That's a freaking cult. That's weird. So they, so they, um, he has a daughter get pregnant out of wedlock. The pastor, because he was an elder, called him up and publicly shamed him. They controlled and told him how he needs to deal with it. And this is what. That my, my not only even say this is what the elders do. They get in everyone's lives and they try to control everything under their doctrine. And it gets into abuse. It gets into control. It gets into this weird freaking thing. And you have all these people underneath it getting so locked in under this and think that this is truth because the leadership has taught them through scripture that it's truth. So when they do that to this man who was my dad's good friend, um, then it turns into this huge uprising and it divides the church. Half of the church did not agree with how they handled it. It was like super messed up through scripture that you call a brother, you do all this stuff, did this to this man. And so the half of the church splits and they go start a church and it was, it's at a Valley Christian high school, Belfar. It started, um, years, years ago. 
And this and this elder, it takes like it half of the church leaves because of what is publicly done to him. And so they start doing it's the same re- re- theology, but it's not going to be as controlling of what the elders are doing. And it was pretty, I pretty good at first. I mean, because my dad would substitute preach there. And here's the difference. Like my dad was preaching at the Orthodox Presbyterian Church too. So you had where it's not not all of them are this psychotic. They were allowing a Reformed Baptist man preach at an Orth- I mean, he was even on called in to possibly take over that church when the pastor retired. But because he hadn't gone to a Presbyterian seminary, they didn't. But they would have. So some of them, they still are pretty freaking crazy. They're this is still pretty crazy. But it's not like as bad as that that guy wouldn't ever let him preach again because he attended. I mean, that's so psychotic, so controlling, and so weird. But. So he's they this guy starts his new church. My dad gets called in randomly to preach for him, but it was okay. I mean, there's probably a hundred that's left from that church. Over the years, it dwindled into so that this guy ends up dying of cancer, throat cancer, and he was so he was so kind. And at the at the at the next time they called in another pastor and he took the church downhill hard. So everybody's there, a lot of people aren't coming. You just see the devil's hand on this stuff all through doctrine all through scripture, like how this is so not unified, how this is so sad that this is what happens. And then it dwindles. I mean, the church just goes from like, you know, at 100 to probably like 30. I mean, it went went down, down, down. He gets fired and then they called in and asked my dad to, to, um, to, uh, to take over over the church. And so here they're trying to just do it like a little bit, not as controlling. As, and, and I applaud that. Like, hey, like this went too far. And it's still in some cases, you know, it, it still has where where it, there needs to be, where, where God could do much, much more. You know, if we start to break down some of these, these hardcore doctrines that are used to create power and control. So you have people using prophecy as witchcraft um, prophecy to control, gifts to control, and then you have over here that these that certain denominations. Here's what they're using to control. They're using scripture and eldership and leadership, not gifts. They're using that to control. They're using what scripture says of these certain things, regulations on on the church and doing this and and then in the New Testament, what does it say for this? And then that's what they're doing to control, and it's still a form of witchcraft. And why is it a form of witchcraft? Because it's creating an idolatry of people before God. It's creating an idolatry of doctrine that is lacking truth, of doctrine that is lacking the fullness of God. Because it's empowering these leadership. How on earth? How on earth could they use all Scripture to publicly shame that man that way when it was his daughter who did it, and just because they want to control how he handled it as a father to to his daughter? That's so weird. How, how do we think that we are allowed to have that much power within ministry? Like, I just, anywho, um, so I guess God wanted me to hit both sides. So I'm not just going to be nailing, nailing, nailing and wanting to break down things that are in because I don't and I support them and I am charismatic, um, but I also never want to be that person that doesn't create where we can discern this and everything. And we need to have understanding on all sides so we aren't just knocking to knock, but we're doing this to get understanding into these things and understand that both sides hit gutters. And um, and I also believe that God told me I'm gonna unite denominations because I can reach. And here's what I wouldn't do. I would not go into somebody, a, a place where people are reformed and cut it up the way I just did right now. No, I would do what Paul does. I'd be reformed to the reformed. 
good. I'd be reformed to the reformed. I talked to my dad through reformed theology. I know how to do it. I know how to talk to him the right way. I know how to present my cases biblically so he will agree with me. I know how to handle that. Like, and then I can talk to the charismatic through tongues <laughs> and prophecy <laughs> and deal with them on, on that. And it's not me wanting to go into that setting and cut them, cut them, cut them. No, I want to speak truth to them in their own language. And in these things where it's uniting this, that's because this is going to be a training for people who want to come to me. Like if they're coming in to be trained by this, that is different. That's again, that is different from me going, getting invited into something like somewhere where there are going to be people who have more doctrine in them and me cutting them as if they're in my Bible training center. I would not do that. I would not do that. I would meet them where they're at. I would communicate with them. I wouldn't use words that would tr trigger them. I wouldn't use prophecy. I wouldn't use spirits. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about healing. I would talk about doctrine. I'd use scripture. I'd use the original language. I would know how to communicate with them that works within their mind to understand the message that I'm getting across. And that's why people need to be okay with more education besides the doctrine you were raised in and or the pastor above you. Like, that's why for me there, I want to make such an emphasis. If I'm going to train people, I'm going to teach you these other things. Now, you need to understand these different theologies. You need to in order to, to have wisdom and leadership to to want to reach other people and get and get how to do it. So that's all I would say is hear me correctly with this. I'm not somebody who would go in if I got invited in and take a take a bat because that would not that would not work the way it can only work in certain settings. That would not be the way God would do it. He just wouldn't. And I know it. He would have me reach through through a different way of truth um, that can touch their hearts. And he's okay to offend, offend some of them too. Um, he's okay if it, if it bothers them and, and freaks them out. And, you know, if, if he allowed, and I guarantee you, he probably would never let me um, physically manifest in front of that. Because the whole thing of, a, of, of if I was dealing with a bunch of people, oh my gosh, all of them, I would lose all credibility to every single one of them instantly. None of them would be able to hear me. Everyone would freak out. And God is very aware of that. And so if he lets it happen in this place over there and a couple people get offended, but the rest of them, their jaws drop because the last public thing where I was the worst manifestations and I got invited in to, to speak at this thing and it was my worst public ones when I was publicly teaching that I was randomly shaking and have my head whip and then start dancing and like laughing during my teaching. I did some crazy stuff. Like he allowed it in a setting that received it now one chick bolted during the beginning when i started praying because i immediately started whipping and the rest of the room kind of just sat there stunned staring at me like what where did this chick just come from no one expected it i know they didn't because i just looked normal walked up to the front and then like went nuts and what what it did is it confound the minds and it stunned them all and then they wanted to hear what i had to say like how was i going to explain this because I start explaining what I do. I started telling them what I walked through and how my head whips and, and all of them were just, and, and it was, they needed to hear it. They needed me not to just get up and be a total psycho. God wanted me to explain it. And other times God's going to be like, I'm cool with you being a total psycho. I'm going to jack some people up in this room right now. They're going to see a girl that's way out of the box, but yet can teach and gives accuracy into, to it. So I saw him like do that at, at different times, but it had to be a room that the majority of the room were being ministered to. Now, if I go in and do something where the majority of the room then lacks getting to hear from God, then I'm going to not trust why I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I just know God, and he, he wanted to shut down all manifestations. The only thing I've never, ever seen get shut down is my shaking. Like, I even did that praying at a wedding 
that were all people who were not Christians praying for my friend and her husband. And all I was, I was like, I can't get into an anointed prayer. I can't do that here. Like this is, I was nervous to even do it, but I trembled like this the whole time I was doing it, praying for them. And this is all non-Christians. I mean, a pastor had officiated it. And then I came up and, and I mean, and he let it happen like that in a room where if people notice it, it looked kind of weird. My head wasn't whipping, but I have never seen that. I've, I've prayed for people even on the streets and random places and I still shake like that. And I mean, but the, my head whipping shuts, he'll shut that down randomly at times. And it just teaches me and shows me that when it comes to understanding why the God's power is going to look displayed and do in different ways is always going to be to break through the things of the enemy um, to confound the minds, um, to expose like dark to light. Like there's going to be a very specific to why, you know, Paul's a Jew to a Jew, a Gentile to a Gentile. It is not to compromise truth. It's not to compromise our messages. It's not to need power display to get what you think is what you want and attention. Like why I would love to just see the power display, reject a bunch of people and let me know how that works for you then. Cause that's what the power display did to me. And that was part of how God was purifying it on me. And so I just think people that got a power display and all it did was get them to get more and more attention. I think that that's going to get infiltrated. I think that their their heart access point is going to open up, um, that it's dangerous. And I would think that I would, anyone who starts to display something that looks, the Holy Spirit is powerful through, through uh, there should be some shaming first. Like that is going to strengthen you and your confidence in God. And not what it's going to do for you. There just should be. And I believe that, that, and that that's going to bring, um, that's where you'd find in scripture would be persecution, rejection. Not just all this acceptable, mediocre, watered down crap. All right. I am going to be done. I need to be done. It's an hour and 50 minutes. And I don't fully. This I think, is it, I think that. This, this, whatever God's releasing and me putting this curriculum, it's coming out so fast that we're trying to navigate at the same time. Whatever, all the strategy, all those podcasts that I was doing that were dealing with the shift and all this, it's almost like this feels now that it's like, okay, prophesying and doing the shift and shift. And then now we need to do, how do we now purify within it? Like, how do we now structure within it? How do we now create more, um, you know? And so I, I do think that there's probably more going to be um, me dealing with the gifts of the spirit. Um, and, uh, I don't really know. I don't got words. I'm still sick. So I'm still just work. We're just working through how this is, how this is, how this is, um, how this is coming out and stuff. So anyways, all right. Holy spirit, God, we just thank you. Um, whatever it is that you're releasing, Lord, that as this goes out, Father, that you continue to build what foundation you're wanting to create in the spirit, Father, um, and that we just continue to follow it in it, Father, and that the things that are still um, happening and still like backlash and cutting and severing and stuff like that. I heard settlement. There's a settlement. Settlement. And um, that's good. That's a good thing. <sighs> and um, yeah, that's all I. That's all. That's all I got. I just heard that right now. Um, and things are. We just need this. I need to get well. I'm over this. I can't do sick. That's all I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna complain at the very end of this. 
<laughs> need to get back. I got better and then I got sick again. And just, Anyways, okay. You get the all my randomly preaching and getting at the end and whining. I'm like, because somebody can hear me whine. I'm leaving on the recording to whine. <laughs> and this is, my, my outlet is to talk to nobody and whine. After I just yelled at everyone. Okay. All right. Jesus, was that it? Oh. Yeah. All right. We're done.